Welcome to Market Corner Conversations, sponsored by Foresight Health. This is where outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Market Corner Conversations is Foresight Health's regular podcast series. It explores the intricacies of market-driven health reform. We dig deep into the U.S. system's structural inefficiencies. We explain how its artificial economics and distorted business models rob the American people of the great health care they deserve. We identify and talk with innovative companies that are reinventing healthcare delivery by being better, faster, cheaper, and more customer-friendly. I'm Dave Johnson, and we have a terrific guest tonight, Mike Pikos, the CEO and founder of Oak Street Health. Uh, as it happens, uh, Mike and I were in the circus, uh, also known as the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference, uh, last week, where there are more suits in downtown San Francisco than the rest of the year combined. Uh, one of the themes that was emerging in that conference was this increasingly ferocious battle for the what I'll call the front end of the healthcare marketplace. Uh, signing up members to take care of their health. And Oak Street is is part of that battle. And we're going to really dig into this topic with Mike, uh, how the industry is organizing to address its uh, biggest need, which is care management, but also perhaps its biggest business opportunity. Uh, but before we get into that, let's uh, learn a little bit about Mike and his background and how he happened to get into healthcare and how he got the great idea to start Oak Street. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, thank you for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, it, it, it very rarely does a, uh, you know, working at an early-stage company feel calm, but after J.P. Morgan, it was nice to return to the, uh, <laughs> like the calm of, of working at Oak Street. Um, so, so I've been at Oak Street Health uh, for five years, which really was since uh, myself and, and two coworkers uh, started Oak Street. Um, prior to that, I worked in, in, in strategy consulting and obviously, uh, as better and healthcare company would suggest, in, in the healthcare space and did a lot of work with, with payers and provider groups, really trying to solve the same problems Oak Street's taking on around how do we provide higher quality care, how do we drive better health outcomes, how do we have a better patient experience, how do we do all that at a lower cost, which is a, a big challenge and is really the, the challenge Oak Street was designed to serve. You know, prior to that, my, my path to get there was a little bit winding and 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 so, sometimes when you talk about it you 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 cringe at the decision making you made when you were 22 so uh, i almost went to med school so i've always had an interest in in healthcare and medicine and uh you know as a college senior decided i really wasn't sure if this is the, the path i wanted to take it felt like a real long commitment to do med school and then residency afterward if i wasn't sure i wanted to do it so i was a biochem major i knew i didn't want to be a biochemist i wasn't sure if i wanted to be a doctor so i decided to apply to law school at the same time i applied to med school and got to uh, end of my senior in college, and need to make a choice. And the deciding factor was law school was shorter than med school, so I decided to give law school a go. <laughs> got to law school pretty pretty early on and realized, wait a second, I don't actually want to be a lawyer, which was something I should have figured out before I went to law school. You are a glutton for punishment, man. <laughs> Biochem and law school, good for you. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, to, 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 uh, uh, I like to tell people that I, I learned uh, different ways to think, which I think is somewhat true. You know, or you can argue that I study a lot of things I don't use a lot anymore. But uh, e- either way, uh, I really actually really enjoyed law school itself, but did not want to be a lawyer. So after law school, went into strategy consulting at the Boston Consulting Group and really went there uh, with, with the logic of, hey, I know nothing about business, but these guys are going to pay me MLT for my business. And so, you know, I need to stop paying tuition and start earning money. So this is a good way to learn about something new while getting paid to do it. And that was my, 
again, that was my logic and uh, was always interested in healthcare. So got involved in the healthcare group and actually loved it and loved, loved consulting, loved learning about healthcare, loved learning about business and, and really stayed there until uh, the opportunity to start Oak Street came up and it was, it was impossible to pass, you know, pass putting what I believed should be the, the answer to, you know, higher quality care and some of those challenges I talked about and, you know, you know really uh, taking what I believed in and, and putting it into practice. That's terrific. You know, Steve Jobs gave this uh, incredible commencement speech at Stanford in 2011 where he told three stories and one of the stories was that the dots in life connect in retrospect, uh, not going forward. Uh, so you follow your gut, you do what you uh, sort of have a passion for doing uh, but it all comes together later in life and, you know, your comment about having uh, different ways to think and having gone through uh, the different types of cultures, the, you know, the biochemistry culture, the law school culture, consulting and so on, uh, I think really is a valuable education, gives you the ability to see problems and companies and cultures from many different perspectives and uh, bring each of those perspectives to bear as you, as you kind of try to build a company. So I, I, my guess is even though it's a varied background and not necessarily a straight line, uh, that all of those perspectives have served you well and probably gave you a wider aperture uh, when you were thinking about um, starting Oak Street. You know, it's a big challenge, right, to start a company and tackle the biggest uh, – the nation's biggest healthcare problem, which is our, our people really aren't healthy and they're getting sicker. Um, so why don't, why don't we dig a little bit into the Oak Street model, how it works, um, how you recruit members, how you build trust, how that trust then translates into uh, better behavior, smarter choices, uh, healthier lifestyles, better communities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I appreciate you saying that about my, my path to get there. I'll have to, I'll have to reframe it that way as opposed to I, uh, I, I learned a lot of things that I, I don't remember anymore. Anything we can do to help, Mike, anything. Um, but so, you know, what we do at Oak Street Health really comes back to our mission. And we talk about our mission being rebuilding healthcare as it should be. And to us, and this is what's fundamental when we first started the organization, it's fundamental today, and I, I know it'll be fundamental in, into the future, is we have a, a fundamental belief that we can provide higher quality care, can drive better health outcomes, and can do that at a lower cost with a better patient experience. And to do that, we really believe you, you need to build it the right way. You need to have the right components. You need to have the right processes. You need to have the right team members. You need to have the right staffing. You need to have the right resources. You need to have the right intervention. You need to have the right payment model. And if you try to fake it, if you try to essentially run a, a, a fee-for-service practice and add a couple components on there or a couple interventions here and there, if you try to do it in a kind of shared savings type world, it's going to be hard to ever get there. But if you really think about it, here's what it should look like, not taking what happens today and trying to slowly incrementally change it, but really think about what it should look like and build it that way, then you can actually achieve differentially strong patient outcomes. And the great thing about caring for Medicare patients is better outcomes inevitably lead to lower costs. Uh, is one of the few things where you can have higher quality and lower costs, and those, those you know, correlate incredibly tightly together. And, and that was our, our core belief from day one at Oak Street Health. And we, we'd seen examples of this happen in other parts of the country where there were really innovative models that had evolved organically over 20, 30 years because of the way the payer environment or the Medicare Advantage penetration or the hospital environment or you know, a variety of factors had caused the right call it cauldron for these things to evolve on their own. And we we said to ourselves, how do we make this happen ourselves? How do we take 
what took a long time and really most markets never happen and probably will never get there. And how do we catalyze that? Mm-hmm. Right? How do we how do we make that happen? And the way we decided to do it is is open up de novo primary care centers in areas with a lack of access to primary care. Really focusing on dense urban areas in in you know, working class and in sometimes lower income neighborhoods and in cities. And we started in Chicago because for us that was a market that you know, didn't have the level of innovation didn't have a focus on value-based care, was a very fee-for-service driven market, uh, and also obviously had you know a number of challenges with needing better access to care, needing some of these components. We said to ourselves, hey, this is, this is a great place to start it. Uh, let's, go, let's go put our ideas and our thesis to work. And uh, that, was, that was really the, the brainchild for where it began. And as we were trying to approach how do we set this up, we realized pretty quickly we weren't able to get to where we wanted to go, have the care model, have the end state, have the interventions we wanted if we tried to change existing practices in the market. We just we talked to a couple and we realized pretty quickly this is a long way to go. And so we decided to do it de novo uh, because then we could have the right model. We can have the processes, the staff, the resources, the focus on one type of patient. We can bring all of those things together in one place. So the, the great news is if you, if you start a de novo model, you, you really can build a model from scratch and build it the way you want it to be. The, the challenge with the de novo model is if you, if you uh, start a de novo clinic, uh, you, you, no matter how good your, your care model is, if you don't have any patients, you can't make an impact. And uh, that really requires the second big piece of what I think we've been able to build, which is how do we go into a community, really educate people on what primary care is, what they should expect from their primary care doctor, uh, wh- why the emergency room is not a good place to get medicine, why it's important to get care and get preventive care when you're not sick and not wait, and some pretty basic tenets of, of how to navigate the healthcare system that sadly I think a, a lot of people, especially when you're going to lower-income communities, just don't understand. And there's a lot of cultural barriers, there's a lot of historical barriers that prevent that level of care. And so if you can do that, if you can take the right model of care, a better experience, higher quality, the right interventions, uh, be culturally competent, uh, do it in a local way, and do a lot of, uh, you know, really boots on the ground work to, to educate people in the community and, and build your patient base that way, you can essentially create a, a platform that you can bring to, to really anywhere that needs it, anywhere that fits the right criteria of the market, and, 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 and implement your model. And that's, that's really what we set out to do from the beginning, and we've learned a lot along the way, but really that's still what we do today. Yeah, that, that's really terrific and uh, I, I want you to dig a little deeper into this and maybe bring it home in powerful ways for people. Um, first off, let's just point out the obvious that uh, the American healthcare system historically has not been that excited about treating people, uh, older, poorer people, often sicker people from low-income neighborhoods. It's not a group of people that the system historically has served very well. Uh, and that is the group that you're targeting. Uh, and it's probably the group that needs the most help. Uh, my colleague at Foresight Health, Shannon Morphin, and I toured your uh, facility in Englewood, which uh, for those of you who don't know, Englewood is one of the, uh, the toughest neighborhoods in Chicago, uh, tough, uh, tough crime problem, tough gun problems, poverty problems, entrenched poverty, uh, so on and so forth. 
and the facility in uh, uh, the Oak Street facility in in Englewood is is beautiful. It's a community center. Uh, it buzzes with activity. It's uh, it's a wonderful place to be, and the building and the people in it just I think bring a a degree of of hope and um, and excitement to to a community that's been short on those qualities for a long time. So really part of the vitalization. So sort of within that context, Mike, maybe you could give us. Uh, a story that uh, about an individual person that will just knock our socks off, right? Someone who came in and um, was really sick or very confused, and just by making the connections and providing care in the right way, and having doctors that that really listened and took time to uh, understand uh, the root causes of what was causing the illness. Um, just give us one story to, to illustrate the, the bigger picture and what you're doing every single day in all of your clinics across the country. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And, and one of my favorite things about being part of Oak Street is, is hearing the stories from our team and hearing the really how every day our team, by doing little things, sometimes they don't even realize what, what powerful things they're doing. But every day, because of you know, who they are, who the team members are, what they believe, are just changing lives and, and impacting them for the positive. And... Uh, one of the stories that, that always comes to mind when, when I think about a story is one that's very personal to me because it's actually a, a patient from a number of years ago um, and, and really early, back in, back in the days when uh, everyone did everything uh, and I was, uh, did a lot of our, our neighborhood outreach myself and uh, met this individual actually at a, at, a, at a church service because I went to the church and told people about what Oak Street was and what primary care was and you know, why this would be a good place for care. And this individual heard that and followed up and ended up uh, coming to Oak Street Health, and we became his, his doctor. But just as importantly, and this is something that all of our centers share, all of our centers not just, are not just doctors' offices, also community centers. And all of our centers have a 1,500-square-foot community center in the front, uh, and every day there's educational activities. They're really free for our patients, also free for the whole community to learn more about care, to do fun activities like bingo or dance classes or exercise classes. There's a whole variety of activities. And, and, and then it's, it's why it's so important that it's just not about you know, physical health, right? It's about all the different components of health. And so this particular patient, um, I love the story because it really involves all the different components coming together. So, you know, first off, he didn't have a doctor. He was not looking for a doctor. Uh, he would not come into the doctor's office. It just happened to, you know, I happened to go to the church service on a Sunday that he was at and, 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 and gave uh, a, an overview of Oak Street Health, and he was intrigued by the community center. And uh, in hindsight, I, I ended up learning a lot about this patient and got to know him well, but at the time he was lonely, lived alone, uh, didn't get out very much at all, and he ended up coming to our center and he ended up uh, teaching several classes on, uh, on World War II history, which was, uh, you know, he served in World War II, this was a, a passion thing. So, you know, that right there, I'm proud of. We, we able to give, give this person a, you know, an activity and something to be engaged on, and, 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 and that's great. Uh, well, one day our team noticed he wasn't coming to the community room for a couple of days, and they were, they were trying to figure out, okay, what, what's, what's going on? Uh, you know, so again, m- most patients, no one's proactively thinking about, Hey, I wonder how they're doing today. But in this case, our team called and checked on them and they, you know, they, they asked the patient, they said, why haven't you come in? We've seen you in the community room. We miss you. And he said, well, I can't get in. And they said, well, why? He said, well, my foot hurts. And they said, Oh, well then like, that's exactly when you need to come in. <laughs> come see the doctor. Well, we'll, we'll check on you. And he said, well, well, I, I can't, you know, he, he lives about, you know, half mile from the center. And he said, well, I can't, I can't walk. It hurts so much to walk over, so I can't get over. And our team member asked him, they said, you know we have transportation. And for those who don't know Oak Street as well, we, we offer free transportation 
to and from our center. And he said, well, I know, but I live so close. I don't think I really need him. We said, this is what it's here for. And so <laughs> we were able to get him in, come, come see the doctor. And it, you know, it turned out he, he, had, a, he had a really uh, bad infection in his foot. And because we were able to get him in, because our doctor was able to see him, because we were able to get in front of it, they were able to give him you know, IV antibiotics and, and you know, end up being, you know, a non-issue in the big scheme of things. And he was, you know, back on his feet in the, you know, in a relatively short amount of time. But if we didn't catch that, if he would have waited much longer, he would have, he would have lost his foot. Wow. And it's a great example of um, this. He was not thinking about going to the doctor. He was not going to call now. He's just going to put up with it and hope it got better. And, you know, because we had all those different components and really a team that just cares a lot about their patients and really creates a, a, a true community, uh, we were able to, to make such a big impact. And so I, I love that story because it's what I do personally, but I get stories like that every day from all of our different centers. And, you know, we have 25 of them now. Uh, six different markets, and I just uh, what is consistent across all of them is the the mission and really the compassion of the team. And so you hear these stories. We've had stories about um, you know going to check on patients we hadn't heard from, couldn't get a hold of, and you know at a time we found a patient who was stuck behind their couch and couldn't and couldn't get out <laughs> wow. and been there for twelve hours. I mean, it, it, yeah, you know, that, yeah. And again, we we were able to go there. You know, it's a happy ending, but you know, in most cases, if if, if we weren't there, that you know, and our team wasn't that dedicated that they went to the person's house. It just, you know, you see those things that, again, I can, I, I won't go on and on because I can, I can tell stories for the rest of the, uh, the, the, the time we have, but that, that's, I think what, what really encapsulates Oak Street. It's, it's, there's no silver bullet. It is doing a lot of little things right every time and, and putting a team in position to really make a difference in patients' lives. And you, you add that up over, you know, tens of thousands of patients and all of our locations and really, it really creates something that's really impactful and transformative. Yeah. What an awesome story. I mean, it touches on so many things. One of the features of the American healthcare system that just drives me nuts is uh, there's plenty of money in the system to amputate a foot. For example, the patient you talked about, if you hadn't, he, you know, there, some hospital and surgeon would have been paid very well to, to amputate the foot. But almost no money in the system to manage the chronic disease uh, or even prevent the chronic disease that necessitates the amputation in the first place. We, we have it backwards, right? We, we treat the, the symptom rather than the root cause. And what also kind of comes, you know, just clear in, in your telling of that story is how important social determinants of health are. You, you know, we're, we're not machines. Uh, the body does break, but... Uh, it breaks less <laughs> less when we're part of an active community where we care about one another, have a sense of purpose. I mean, your patient teaching about World War II and so on. And it's really impressive that you have this holistic sense uh, about people. And I, I, my guess is that translates into the type of human connection that um, makes the types of interventions that you had uh, possible, which is, um, I mean, heartwarming. Quite honestly, if we don't figure out how to do this, we're going to spend ourselves into oblivion treating the byproducts of chronic disease rather than helping people lead better, more productive lives. So kudos to you on, on that. Let me, let me shift um, and, and talk a little bit about the payment model. And we've started to use the phrase value follows payment uh, in healthcare. Um, that's different than other industries. You know, if you create value, people usually pay for it. In healthcare, though, uh, unless there's a, a payment mechanism in place uh, to encourage the types of investment that you're making in the front end primary care, 
um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't happen and it hasn't happened for decades. So uh, you focus on Medicare Advantage patients. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about the Medicare Advantage program and what a catalyst that has been for Oak Street and companies like it to really invest in the front-end primary care, get to know people, and really, as we just talked about, build the type of, of care model that meets people where they are and helps them solve their problems on an everyday basis. It's, it's not rocket science, but it saves lives and actually makes the lives people lead better. So just tell us a little bit about the business model and how that works and why you're able to do what you do and are expanding as fast as you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it really actually goes back to the, the, the end of the last conversation we had around you know, what we pay for and why we pay for and how we pay for it. And one of the few things in our society where we spend a lot more on the whole, you know, overall on, on people with lower income is, is on healthcare. And the, the cost for a duels on the south side of Chicago, the, the health cost the government pays is much higher than someone who's more affluent in, in a, you know, in, in, in a, in a more affluent suburb. It's just a, a, the actual total dollars of healthcare expenditures are higher for exactly the reason you talked about. We don't address social determinants. We don't do preventive medicine. We don't have access to care. People don't know how to navigate the healthcare system. So all those add up, and what we end up doing is paying a lot more because a lot more acute episodes and a lot more hospitalizations and a lot really poor outcomes. And so really everyone loses. And one of the big things at Oak Street Health is uh, at a very micro level, we're, we're trying to do it the right way. And we're trying to figure out not what is reimbursable in the fee-for-service world, but what do people actually need to stay healthy? And in some cases, it's more time with your doctor. In some cases, it is transportation and access to care. It can be 24-hour phone coverage. It can be same-day visits. It can be uh, a whole bunch of different items. And it can be uh, a lot of data supporting predictive modeling or making sure people don't fall through the cracks. And, and, and it's bringing together all those components and figuring out, hey, where, where are we going to spend money? And sometimes it's things like, uh, non-skilled workers who help people navigate, or it's people in the community. Uh, it can be house calls. You know, there's so many variety of things. And if you're worried about how do you get paid for in fee for service world, you'll never have the right model because there's always going to be things that actually really impact patients, and some of these are hyper-local, uh, but you're never going to really get them to come come together in the right way. And so Medicare Advantage has is, 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 is created a really strong catalyst as far as we're concerned of getting that type of payment and model in place. And so uh, one of the keys to the program is it's risk-adjusted. And so a place like Oak Street Health can come in, and we can go to, you know, places where there are a lot of challenges, there are a lot of social determinants of health, there are a lot of uh, higher chronic disease burdens, and we don't have to worry about, you know, who's walking through our door. Uh, we just need to take great care of them, knowing that we'll be compensated fairly for, you know, for the sickness of the patients we take on. And, and from there, what we do is we sign, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of different names for them, uh, global risk or... Uh, you know, full risk or capitation and all these different words that right. uh, just mean the same thing, <laughs> which is uh, we're going to take full financial responsibility for all of the medical costs of our patients, whether it happens at Oak Street Health, whether it happens at a hospital, whether it happens at a rehab facility, uh, we're on the hook. Uh, so we, we're, we, we get uh, a percentage of the, the dollars from the health plan and we're on the hook for all the med costs. And so we got to do everything that we can do to keep patients healthier, to avoid unnecessary hospitalizations. And if we can do that, then we can pay for the things we do, and we'll continue to look for more things that are going to meet patients where they are and really make an impact on, on their outcomes. And if we can do things that uh, you know, have, a, have an ROI, we'll keep doing them, and we'll do more. And uh, it sounds simple. It's a lot more complicated in, in practice. But you know, for, for, uh, for a, a dual eligible patient, 
roughly 60% of the spend is, is, is going to be focused on hospitalizations and acute episodes, you know, whether it's the post-acute or, or the episode itself. And, and so what we really focus on is how do we spend more resources? And, and the average Medicare patient is about 6% of their spend on primary care and what, you know, everything that surrounds that. And so, that, you know, again, to your point, that feels backward to us. And so we're going to invest a lot more in that, and we're going to spend at Oak Street three times as much in in primary care, and then all the other services we offer that are, and you know, they're part of primary care. I'm not sure if they're social support services. I'm, I'm not sure what where you categorize them, but I know they're services that help keep patients healthy and make a better experience and lead to better outcomes. And by by doing that, we're going to reduce hospitalizations by over 40 percent, and and that that becomes the catalyst for the financial sustainability of the model, and is really allowed us to continue to expand. Yeah, that's um, reducing hospitalizations. You know, and hospitals are dangerous places, right? So, <laughs> you know, if you can keep people out of hospitals, uh, uh, they're generally speaking going to be healthier and more productive. Well, you've gone or Oak Street has gone from one center to 25 in what, a little under five years, pretty explosive growth. You've, you've gone to some tough markets, um, not only Chicago but – Fort Wayne, um, Gary, Indiana, Detroit, now Philadelphia. Um, as you're looking out at, at the marketplace and the opportunity to grow Oak Street, could you just talk a little bit about the future and the business model and the potential for growth and um, how, how you're looking at that? And, and uh, is it as big an opportunity as I think uh, we at Foresight Health think it is? Uh, we, we certainly think it is. And when I look at where we're at Oak Street, I, I, as much as I'm proud of what we've accomplished and thrilled where we're at, we're truly at the tip of the iceberg about what we, what we will accomplish at Oak Street Health. And when I think about where we're going and how we're going to continue to grow, you know, to me, it, it, it is on multiple dimensions. And I think, you know, one dimension I think you touched upon is just geographic growth. And when I think about the number of places in this country that don't have enough access to care, don't have the, the quality of care, the interventions aren't driving the the quality of outcomes uh, that we can do at Oak Street Health, it, it describes most places in the country. And so every year we, we you know, we, we start planning out what's our, what's our growth roadmap and what markets we're going to go to. And uh, we, 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 we hardly make a dent in the number of markets we want to go to every year. We go to two or three new markets. And uh, so there's just, a, there's just a huge opportunity for just geographic growth, taking what we've been very successful doing in, in Chicago and Indianapolis and Detroit and continue to bring it to new markets like Philadelphia and you know, really with the aspiration of being national and I think on our way to doing that. And even within a market like Chicago, we're continuing to add more centers, even if we've been here for four and a half years, because we continue to find out there's more need and there's just, uh, you know, we never, we, we never want to turn someone away. We never want to take more patients than we can care for. So what do you have to do? You have to build more centers. And we, we find ourselves doing that in Chicago today. Uh, so that's one aspect of growth. I think another aspect of growth is what we do on our care model side. And, we're continuing adding more interventions. It really comes back to that concept we just talked about. If we believe something can actually drive better health outcomes, we believe something can lower cost overall, we'll pilot it. And if it turns out it does work, then we'll roll out everywhere. And whatever kind of traditional bucket those things would have fit in, whether it's uh, reimbursable, not reimbursable, um, that's not really important to us. It's really about what the impact it can make. So one of the great examples is, is behavioral health. And in Chicago, we found early on that uh, we can get an MRI for our patients the next day. There's plenty of them. I, I heard once, and I, I should stop repeating this because I should probably verify, but I heard once that there are uh, more MRIs in Chicago than there are in the country of Canada. 
Yeah, that's that, that's true, and it's also true about Boston and San Francisco and everything. You know. Well, I'm glad it's true. Yeah. I'm going to cite you from now on when I when I say this. Okay. I got I got I got I got verification. And it's not true. It's not true by a little. It's true by a lot. <laughs> it does not surprise me. But because of that we can, we can get next day appointments. But it was a three to four month wait for our, our patients to see a psychiatrist. And you know, given who we serve, a, a, a really meaningful portion of our our patients have a behavioral health challenge. And so many times we treat behavioral health as a silo, right? Uh, uh, maybe an insurance company has a behavioral health program or there's some carve-out for behavioral health, and, and people aren't in silos, right? The same person's got a behavioral health challenge, likely has two or three other chronic illnesses. They have activities, daily living concerns. But guess what? If you, if you try to address the things separately, you know, you're, you're not going to solve them, right? If you're trying to help someone's A1C who's diabetic and they have a, 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 a behavioral health challenge that's not uh, addressed, you're not going to make much headway in the diabetes. And we couldn't get access. So what did we do? We, we built our own uh, behavioral health program. And we hired psychiatrists, and we leveraged our employee psychiatrists along with uh, telehealth in our centers using psychiatry. We built out a team of, uh, of, of licensed clinical social workers with a behavioral health focus. And then we integrate all of that with their, their care team and their primary care doctor. And, and by putting all these components together, what we can really do is, is create an a integrated model that addresses a big concern. And because of the payment model, as you mentioned, we we don't have to worry about okay, well, what's the reimbursement for uh, you know behavioral health telehealth? Right. Is it even right. there, you know, what's the, it, no? It, it, this we know, and we know our behavioral health patients are half as likely to go to the hospital if they're if they're engaged in our program. So great, it's a great ROI. We'll, we've rolled it out everywhere. We built that two years ago. It's been a huge success. And that's one example of of the type of growth. And so every single year, we're gonna keep pushing ourselves to add more interventions, add more. Uh, things like house calls and, and, and care in the home for some of our patients who need that, and uh, you know, and 24-hour phone access and nurse triaging, just a whole bunch of different components to continue to, to improve the quality of care. And then the third dimension of growth is who we take as patients. And so you mentioned the Medicare Advantage program. That's been our core. That has really been mm-hmm. where we started. That's where there's, a, I think, a well-understood risk-adjusted methodology where there is uh, the payers are sophisticated in doing risk-based contracting. And so we've had a lot of success within that program, but we've, we've, we've actually expanded and we've taken some pilots of uh, high-risk Medicaid-only patients. Um, and just because they happen to have a different insurance card and they happen to be 64, not 66, if the clinical needs are the same and we feel like the right. investment we're making in the care can lead to both better outcomes and then be sustainable financially, we'll do that. And I think over time, I think we'll continue to expand the patient populations we serve, you know, still focusing on the core. I don't think we ever want to, we, we would be a waste of money for people that are healthy. We would be uh, not helping the problem in our system be adding to them. But I think just because you're under the age of 65 uh, or didn't qualify for Medicare for some reason doesn't mean you're not a great patient for Oakstreet Health and can't really make an impact on your, on your health. And so I think that's another way I think we'll grow is continue to find ways to take new patient populations, do more partnerships with hospitals, and really, you know, really expand our business model to, to make more of an impact. These are all just such great points, Mike. I, it, it has driven me crazy for years that we separate out uh, behavioral health from physical health. It's a little bit like taking your car into the mechanic and the mechanic says, uh, your brakes were shot. I, I fixed them. Um, your engine's also not doing so well. Here's an 800 number. Uh, why don't you give a call across the street? Maybe they can see you in a couple of weeks. It's, it's like the dumbest thing you can, can think of and yet our payment models have, have incentivized that type of fragmented behavior. Oak Street, by contrast, is an example of how value really does follow payment. And you're the type of company that we're placing our hope in that 
this bottom-up, evolutionary, market-focused, customer-focused approach to healthcare will transform the system and in ways that uh, result in uh, better outcomes, uh, healthier patients, healthier communities, lower costs, and so on. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to just give you a real softball to, uh, to, to, to end on here, but my guess is, uh, well, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a report about um, a VA hospital in Oregon uh, where they were turning away very sick veterans because it was hurting their scoring program within uh, within the VA system. Literally, doctors were arguing with administrators about whether or not to admit patients. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a horrible story and it uh, went nationwide and the centers, everybody got fired and centers under, under investigation. But I, I remember thinking at the time, you know, who gets up every morning and says, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to deny care to really sick veterans because it's going to make my performance statistics look better. Uh, so to flip that around, my guess is uh, people get to work at Oak Street um, and because they're attacking health care in the right way, uh, have as much time as they need with your, with your members, uh, that they walk a little higher, that uh, they you know they uh, they work a little longer, that um, it's it's probably not that hard to recruit. But just tell me a little bit about what it's like to work in a healthcare environment where it's where what you say and what you do uh, are perfectly aligned. Well, number one, I'm I'm biased, so yeah. I, I I love Oak Street. I yeah. I, I you know I, I work hard, and I, I can't say I, I'm not tired sometimes. But on the flip side, I wake up every morning excited because. Uh, you know, I know what I'm doing every day is making an impact. And I do think one of the things that has really enabled us to be successful is, is, is that culture, right? It's that mission-based culture. It's that culture of everyone feeling like they're making an impact, everyone taking accountability and ownership, right? It, you know, you, you shared an extreme case, but so many times it's not actively doing anything, but it's apathy, mm-hmm. right? It's seeing someone walk out the door of the, of the, of the doctor's office and knowing that patient, yeah, that patient probably doesn't really understand their instructions and, yeah, they, they might, you know, they might be going to the hospital soon, but it's okay, you know, we did our best, right? And, and, and changing that culture and changing the attitude so people truly take accountability, people take ownership. And so people have that feeling. The first thing they do is, is have someone go check on the patient the next day or call them and follow up and, and, and enabling your team and, and empowering them to, to think that way and to make those decisions. And then obviously giving them the incentive structures and the time and the resources that actually follow through. And if you can do all that, right, culture... Saying the words is meaningless if you don't have the actions to follow, but if you can combine all that together and create that right culture, then you can make it, you know, in my mind, a really compelling place to work. And, you know, to your point, I think we have an amazing team of providers. We have an amazing team of team members supporting them. And, you know, all of us really share in that. And, you know, we've had great success recruiting that team, you know, across different geographies. But when I think about what it's like to work at Oak Street Health, I, no, no one, uh, and, you know, my team, my team when they listen to this, will, will hold me accountable. I only, no one would call it easy because – we truly take accountability for some very tough challenges. Um, we take accountability for some patient care, and, and sometimes uh, even even when they're not as, as engaged as we are in their care, we, we take accountability for their outcomes. We take accountability for really really making a positive impact in their life and increasing their overall well-being. And and because as you talked about earlier, these, these patients have sometimes sometimes have complex challenges, not just you know health challenges, but uh, social terms of health challenges, activities of daily living challenges, behavioral health challenges, it can be hard. But on the flip side, because of the alignment incentives, you know, what's hard is, 
is taking care of patients. And all of our team members, whether the doctors went to medical school for this or nurses or, you know, uh, our receptionists or whoever they are, they're here because they want to make an impact. They want to take care of patients. And we will give them the time, the resources, uh, and, and the focus to actually be successful at doing that. And so, you know, while it's a challenge, while it, it's hard, um, you know, I think, I think they, would, they would also agree with me and say there's, there's no more rewarding place to work and nothing more rewarding to do. Yeah. You know, it's like Tom Hanks in the movie A League of Their Own. It's the hard that makes it great, right? So, so we've had the, uh, the real joy uh, of talking uh, on this podcast with Mike Picos. And uh, for those of you listening, I hope you had an aha moment and now understand what aha care is. Aha care is appropriate, holistic, and affordable care services that are coordinated, accessible, reliable, and evidence-based. And if you want to see a place that does that every single day, uh, take a tour of an Oak Street Health facility if you're so lucky uh, to be in a city where there is one or go on their website. Mike, can't thank you enough. Keep up the good work. Uh, you know, we, we think it's people like you and companies like Oak Street that are really going to make, uh, make the difference in American healthcare and propel us not only to be as good as Canada, but better than Canada, right? So, <laughs> uh, so let's go out and do it. And uh, I just can't thank you enough. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. If you're frustrated with healthcare, if you want to understand how the system is reinventing itself through relentless bottom-up market-driven reform, please subscribe to our podcast at foresighthealth.com. Be a rebel with a cause. Help us fix American healthcare. Until next time, this is Dave Johnson.